Hi, I'm Kenna Danielle, and you are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Hey, y'all. Thanks for checking out this podcast version of Jake from Sports Talk. I hope you enjoy. And while you listen to the show, go on over to Facebook and like, subscribe, and follow my show page, Jake from Sports Talk. Don't forget, you can listen to the show every Wednesday from 1 to 2 on Conroe's FM 104.5 and 106.1 or on IRLoneStar.com. Enjoy! Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Jake LaFleur, and you are listening to Jake from Sports Talk here on Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back into another uh, back-to-back live edition. It's been rare over the last three months. And uh, like I said, I promised it would be a uh, regular thing now from here on out. And I'm glad to say that I've kept my promise for at least two weeks. <laughs> well, uh, we'll see if it, it may end up being like a New Year's uh, Day promise or New Year's Eve rev- resolution. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. But nonetheless, here I am live back to you uh, here on FM 104.5, 106.1 worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Uh, if you're listening on IRLoneStar.com, I really appreciate that. We love the internet viewers and listeners that come to us from all around the world. Glad to have you guys joining us uh, for another uh, awesome, awesome edition of the show. We're going to get into a little bit of uh, the LeBron stuff that we uh, finished off last week. So we're going to start out with that. We're going to talk about some Olympics. Um, and we're going to get into... A bit of a nonsense also in the NBA world that's going on right now with the Warriors and uh, some fun stuff at the very end for the last segment. So uh, stay tuned. We're going to have an awesome show for you today. Let me get through my quick spiel real quick. If you are joining us for the first time, I am Jake LaFleur. I am the host of Lone Star Community Radio's only sports talk show. It is called Jake from Sports Talk. And uh, we do come to you if you're, like I said, if you're in the greater Conroe area and you're listening on the uh, radio, actual radio, uh, it's 104.5, 106.1. If you're listening on the internet, you can listen on IRLoneStar.com. If you want to catch up on all of my episodes, everything is podcasted, everything is vodcasted. Um, uh, for all you older folks out there, that means it's videoed <laughs> and put on YouTube. Everything from my Facebook page to uh, my all my podcasts, all my YouTube videos, everything like that can be found. Easy, easiest way to do it is you can go to IRLoneStar.com, go under the show pages, find Jake from Sports Talk, have all the links there. Or you can go to Google and type in Jake from Sports Talk, and it'll pull everything up there. Um, yeah, we usually get the podcast version of the show and everything like that out by the end of the week usually friday saturday somewhere around that time eighth tomorrow tomorrow at eight all right we are stepping up our game here now awesome so, <laughs> uh that is my wonderful uh producer dick who is uh instructing me with the new times so it's just great to hear that he's uh He's working on his game. He's getting a little better, which is good to know. Good to know. Uh, if you want to check out Dick and more of what he has to offer, either uh, for the entire station as a wonderful station manager, go to IRLoneStar.com. Check out all the shows we got on there. It's awesome. 
uh, what all uh, he does for the city of Conroe and for this little station. And then you can also check out his own personal show. Become a stubby for uh, the Ticket Stub. That's his movie talk show with his two awesome co-hosts. And then he's got a morning show with Skippy. It's Mornings with Lone Star. That is also an awesome show. I'm now starting to kind of get in there on Wednesdays, which is great. Tons of fun. We just talk about anything and everything, which is nice. So you're a typical morning drive show. Got my spiel done. Thanks for tuning in. If you missed last week's episode, go back and watch it. I called LeBron James a two-year-old baby. And the reason why I did so was because he was pouting and acting like the two-year-old at a grocery store who wants the box of cereal that has the cool spoon that changes colors when you put the milk in it. And when he doesn't get it, he throws himself on the ground and cries and cries and cries. And the whole reason why he's doing this is because the team he has right now is not good enough, not not just to not... It's not good enough not to beat the Warriors. It's also not good enough to get him even out of the East. So what is his whining ultimately result? Well, it results the Cavaliers in doing probably the smartest thing they've ever done with their uh, respective relationship with LeBron. Now, we remember the LeBron years prior to Miami. His initial entering into the NBA is, you know, launch to stardom and becoming the quote-unquote king of the NBA, King James. And... It basically led, at the end of that relationship, the first time around, um, we, all, we all know the Dan Gilbert email letter that he had sent to LeBron, which was incredibly, incredibly divisive and uh, you know sparks of racism in there, and it wasn't a very professional letter by any means. But prior to that, the what I guess led to Dan Gilbert sending that email to LeBron was LeBron you know, trashed that team before he left. And he basically said, look, this is what I want to happen. If you want me to stay here, this is what's going to have to happen. And he went through and, and Dan Gilbert made all the moves that, he, that LeBron wanted. And, and similar to what they did this year, they did in his uh, was the 09 season uh, trade deadline. And they just revamped, blew up that entire starting roster, that entire roster all together, and got him a fresh new team that ultimately led him to the NBA East Finals. Lost to the Celtics. Celtics went on that year to go win the NBA championship. So I guess that says something. But LeBron ultimately left with that decision show that he had um, and went down to Miami. Now, LeBron did a similar move, not as destructive uh, to the Miami Heat organization, but a similar move. Um, in his final year, uh, his final fourth year with the Heat. And now, kind of a second time around, he goes back to Cleveland. We're hitting this situation where, you know, Kyrie Irving basically said, you're either going to trade me or I'm going to get season-ending knee surgery. LeBron was asking Dan Gilbert, hey, if you get him to off-season training camp and or preseason training camp, I, I, I will work my magic and get him to stay uh, and Kyrie said, no way. I want out of here now. Ultimately led to the trade. They got IT into Cleveland, and that just did not work. When he came back, he obviously is healthy. He went to the Lakers, and he's already had two great games off of the bench for the Lakers. Just chemistry portion wasn't working. But LeBron was basically asking, and he was demanding, not asking, he was demanding that the Cleveland Cavaliers used a uh, draft pick that they picked up, first-round protected draft pick from the Brooklyn Nets. Now, uh, in addition to that, he also wanted IT traded, and he wanted those two things because those two things he wanted those two things done because those two things had value to him, and he wanted the value um, 
to be translated back into basically building a power team around Kevin Love when he gets back. Um, if Kevin Love wasn't also already on the trading block, but Love had kind of, has, has lost a lot of his uh, value in the league, um, partly because of the injuries over the years, but I think more so because the dynamic of the league has changed so much that you know the the traditional big man like uh, Kevin Love is not really valuable. I, I mean, we're seeing that out of Whiteside in Miami. We're seeing that out of um, Hard, uh, not Harden. Um, oh, it'll come back to me in a second. He plays for Charlotte now. Played for the Rockets for a little bit. Give me two seconds. It'll come back. Um, we're seeing these traditional big men in the NBA. They they don't have the same effect that uh, that that they need because defensively they're great in the paint. They're they're I shouldn't say great. They're good in the paint, and that's what you want out of them. That's all you expect out of them from the defensive side of the ball. But now you're needing those big men to be able to expand out their defensive range and be able to cover and defend on the three point line. And they're just not quick enough to keep up with the likes of Curry's and Durant's of the world. And so. You know, Love's lost a lot of his his value, and so I don't know what all they could have gotten back from him in addition to the fact that he's hurt right now and he's got a broken hand and he's out at least six to eight weeks. Uh, I think we're two weeks into that now, so four to six more weeks. Um, so, you know, basically LeBron was saying, hey, you're either going to make these trades or you can guarantee me gone at the end of this year. And I said that Cleveland – Last week, I told Cleveland, I said, you need to stand strong on this, and you need to not trade that Brooklyn Nets pick because that's going to be more valuable than anything you can get during the trade deadline. You can get rid of IT because it's not working, but you don't get rid of IT for you know, a bag of balls. You want to actually make sure that what you trade away IT for is going to be something that stands and that, that sticks for an extended period of time. And I think we saw Cleveland make the right answer. I said... For Cleveland to be the stubborn parent that, in return, does not give LeBron what he wants. Cleveland did uh, the best move possible in this entire situation. Not only did they appease and appeal to LeBron James' demands to some extent, in that they got him a much younger team, an overall better defending team, still not a great defending team, but an overall better defending team. But more importantly, they're more dangerous from the three-point line, and that stretches out the opposing team's defense. And so with we look at, at all their trades. They, they traded away IT and uh, Channing Frye and their 2018 first-round pick, so next year's first-round pick, for Jordan Clarkson, decent defender, great three-point shooter, and Larry Nance, uh, a, a much better defender than what IT was going to offer you any day of the week, and a defensive offense, a defensive, a decent offensive you know, powerhouse. Um, and then <laughs> the funny one, uh, they get George Hill and Rodney Hood from Sacramento. Derrick Rose and Jay Crowder go to the Jazz and Joe Johnson and Amon Shumpert and the 2020 second round pick go to Sacramento. So it's a little three-way trade and everything like this. The reason why this trade is comical is because Derrick Rose and Jay Crowder went from Cleveland to the Jazz. Well, the whole point of that trade for the Jazz's standpoint was they just wanted Jay Crowder. They didn't really care about Derrick Rose. And so what do they do? They dismiss Derrick Rose. They buy out his contract and they say, all right, get off. We don't want you. Leave our team now. And so uh, Rose has since cleared uh, medical waivers and he is officially a free agent. I doubt uh, a lot of people, a lot of teams are going to you know, even think about picking him up. And then um, the 
kind of the most shocking one out of this was Dwayne Wade. So Dwayne Wade and LeBron have this banana boat love team going, and uh, they traded Dwayne Wade back to Miami for Miami's protected second-round pick next year, which is really interesting because I think it works out for every side there. I think, um, you know, for the future of the Cavaliers, this works out great. Um, and then for Dwayne Wade, he gets to go back home where, and I say home, Chicago is technically his home, but he's played his entire, almost his entire career in Miami, and he left over some petty nonsense of, you know, change, in money change, and now he's back there. And Miami got what they wanted out of him originally, which was a reduced role to some extent, and for a cheaper price. And Dwayne Wade gets to go back home. His wife gets to go back, you know, to where their kids have raised and and they've got tons of friends there. So I think it works out great for everybody there. So LeBron gets what he wants in the team, but the Cavaliers don't give up the protected first-round pick of the Brooklyn Nets, which is going to be a high pick. And they get a pick back for Dwayne Wade. They get the... um, they give up one pick and their first round pick, but with the Nets pick and a guaranteed second round pick for Dwayne uh, for Wade works out perfectly um, for them in the future as far as and then a lot of these guys that they picked up they're really young and so they're and they're going to get playoff experience this year with LeBron. So even if LeBron leaves at the end of this year, he can't say that Cavaliers didn't do anything for him because they did a lot for him here at the trade deadline. But if he leaves, you know, they at least got a few, a few, you know, bankable picks there to continue to build this team around a very young core group of, of people. Now, if LeBron leaves, they're not going to be at nearly at the same level, obviously, but they're going to be set up better than, you know, for the future, better than the last time LeBron left. So, you know, I think overall that's a huge win for the Cavaliers and what they did, um, you know, compared to the last time around. And, you know, I got to say it's a win for both LeBron and both the front office. And who knows? This team could be good enough to get them out of the East now. I say could because, you know, who knows? Yeah, I, Who knows how they're going to end up being in compared to uh, a Celtics team that's played together all year. Um, it doesn't matter who makes it out. Again, the Warriors or the Rockets uh, will win uh, the NBA Finals if the Rockets can beat the Warriors in the West Finals. All right, hey, when we come back, we're going to stick on the uh, basketball talk. We're going to talk about Steve Kerr, the head coach of the Warriors, letting his players coach in Monday night's game against the Suns. Was it disrespectful? I don't know. Find out. Stay tuned what I think. You're listening to Jake from Sports Talk here on Lone Star Community Radio. We'll be right back after these messages. Don't go anywhere. Hey, guys, this is Connor. This is Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, check out the Ticket Stub Podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. 
All right, quick back into the show. Welcome in. If you're just joining us, you are listening to Jake from Sports Talk. I am your host, Jake LaFleur, here on Lone Star Community Radio 104.5, 106.1, worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Don't forget, guys, you can go get the podcasted and YouTube versions of this show on Google Play, iTunes, and YouTube. Just search Jake from Sports Talk. Don't forget to also go check out on IRLoneStar.com all the awesome links that are on my show page as well as all the awesome show pages uh, on there for all the other shows, talk shows, music shows that we have here at Lone Star Community Radio. So um, I teased before the break that we were going to talk about Steve Kerr and his decision to let his players coach against the Suns. Now, I bring this up. And this occurred uh, Monday night, and it was a Monday night game against the Suns, and the Warriors killed uh, killed the Suns, and it was, you know, a blowout altogether. And Jay Triano is the coach of the Suns, and I, I guess my judgment of this is, well, how did how did Triano take this offense? You know, was he offended at all? Did he not care? It, what was his opinion on all of this? Because I know what my opinion was. Now, a lot of the the you know talking heads in the sports world have come out and they said that this is just absolutely disrespectful and it's so terrible that how could how could Kerr do this? Where's the sportsmanship and in, 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 in the world anymore? And you know, I, I before I even heard what Kerr's response or a reason and rhyme for doing this was, I didn't care. I, I, because in my opinion, if you're going to be upset as a, a Suns fan or as a Suns player or anybody who's a part of the Suns organization, you have to look at it and say, hey, we're a laughing stock in the league. There's only a handful, and I use handful very loosely because it's probably one or two teams that would look at the Suns and say, okay, this isn't a give me win. The remaining 29, 30 teams in the league all looking at the Suns on the schedule and saying, that's an easy win this week. We're good to go. I mean, we're talking about the 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 Lakers. That's an easy win for the Lakers, and the Lakers aren't very good this year. The 76ers, yeah, trust in the process, and that process is coming along really great, but they're still not a very good team yet. And they're still looking at the Suns and saying, that's an easy win for us this week. So if you want to not be, quote-unquote, disrespected, then – Get better and and play with some pride. I mean, they. It didn't matter. It doesn't matter how well the the Phoenix Suns go out and play that game. They're they're still gonna lose. But they fourth quarter they looked like they were just lollygagging, trying to get to the finish line, trying to get this over with. And that's kind of similar to what Steve Kerr said about his team. But instead of the finish line being the end of the game, the finish line. Is today. This is the the to, today or actually tomorrow. Tomorrow's the last day. Um, no, actually, no. It, it is today. It's Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday today is the last day for the all games in the NBA until after the All Star break is over. And the All Star break is going on this weekend. Check out all that stuff. To me, I don't like All Star games, but we've talked about that before already. Um, but their finish line was today and getting through. Their games because they've, you know, they've come out and they, well, Steve Kerr's come out and said that this team needs to kind of get away from each other for a couple of days. It'll be really good to get a break. And so he's obviously having trouble getting his players to kind of stay focused. Um, I don't know if it's the outside influences of all the media stuff or anything like that, but here's what Steve Kerr, here's his explanation for why he did what he did. uh, During the timeouts, you were having your your players coach. Was it something you 
prepared, you wanted them to do, you, you told them was going to happen, or was that spur-of-the-moment decision to turn it over to your guy? Uh, I told them the other night after the last game that, that we were going to do it. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's their team. Um, I think that's one of the first things uh, you have to consider as a coach. It's not your team. It's not Bob Myers' team. It's not Joe Lincoln's team. Although I'm not going to tell Joe that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a player's team. It's their team, and they have to take ownership of it. And, and uh, as coaches, our job is to nudge them in the right direction, guide them. Um, but we don't control them. They're, they determine their own fate. And uh, I don't feel like we focused well at all the last month. And it just seemed like the right thing to do. And I thought they communicated really well together, and they drew up some nice plays, and um, it was a good night for the guys. He gave Omri the start tonight instead of Draymond, who's obviously out. That's the end of the video. I don't know why they clipped it off. And that video is uh, brought to you uh, by ESPN, so thank you, ESPN. Um, but the key there is the engagement of his team and and trying to keep them you know, motivated for this season that – you know, it's it's a regular season. It doesn't really matter because if they get in as the two seed or the one seed, it doesn't really make a difference. They're going to still end up facing the Rockets in the Western Conference Finals. So with that in mind, and just with all the technical fouls going on with all their players and, and even Kerr himself, it's just been kind of a wishy-washy season. And I think a lot of the toll of the cameras and the lights being on them so much for the last four years – has, it's worn down on them, and I can give them that. I, I can understand, and and just because they make million do, millions of dollars doesn't mean they're not human. Now, sports are supposed to be fun, and sports are supposed to be something that you do to have an enjoyment of yourself and your time spent. Yes, it's hard work, and yes, you've got to be dedicated to be at the level of the NBA, but guys, if, if it's not if it's not enjoyable anymore, what's the point of playing? What's the point of doing it? And these guys clearly have been struggling to enjoy going out and playing an NBA game. And so I'm fine with the fact that, hey, if you want to mix it up and let the guys do it, great. And if I, I, Now, do I believe him that it was planned? Yeah, questionable. Do I believe he would have done it against the Warriors? Or, sorry, the uh, Cavaliers? No, no way. But... It is against the Suns, and oh well, who cares? If the Suns don't want it to be against them, they have to you know, run a better organization, play better, and have a little more pride in their game. And, and so at the end of it all, like I said, it comes down to what did Jay Triano, the head coach of the Suns, Think of this because if he's offended, well then I'm, I'm, you know, then I'll take a step back and say, hey, it's his team, it's his organization, or he had, not organization, but it's his team. If he's offended, he's allowed to be offended. That's that, that's fine. If he's not offended, then he's not offended. So let, let's listen to what Mr. Triano has to say here. I don't think so. Uh, and I talked to Steve immediately after the game, and uh, he was. He was explaining, you know, the situation his team is in right now. Or they, they, he didn't feel that they were, they were together, and that he wanted to challenge them a little bit. And you know, what they did was take over timeouts. That, that's it. There's like eight plays there, so I, I don't think that that's disrespectful at all. I think he's just trying to find ways to get his team to where he needs them to be. Jay, so I mean, clearly, obviously, he just said he he didn't find it disrespectful or anything like that. So, if to all the the talking sports heads out there. If the head coach of the Suns doesn't find it disrespectful, and you can question his sincerity on that, you can you can say, well, he's just saying that because he thinks that's the right thing to say or whatever. 
that's fine. You can question that all you want. But according to what he just said, he did not find that disrespectful. So if he's saying it, how can you find it disrespectful? And you have no, you you have no association with this club, with this organization, with this, with this coach. I mean, how many people? I'll be completely honest. I didn't know Jay Triana was the head coach of the Suns prior to this whole incident occurring. That's how irrelevant the Suns are. This is the most publicity the Suns have gotten all season long, all off season, and probably over the past two, three years. So, yeah, probably since Steve Nash left that organization. And we all know what kind of, you know, horrible ending that was. But my point is, is we didn't care about this organization prior to this occurring Monday night. So why are we now going to all of a sudden, oh, well, it's the Warriors disrespecting them. Like, no, come on. You didn't care about them. You weren't respecting them three days ago. Why are you all of a sudden going to get on your high and mighty horse and respect them now? Like, get over yourself. It's not that big of a deal. It's one coach trying to have some fun because you want to know what they are? They're really good, and they're really exciting to watch. And, heck, I want to see these players get pushed, and I want to see them go to the next level and be challenged at the next level. If they're going to you know, be lackluster playing their same old typical offense with Kerr, coaching them, calling the plays. I want to see what they do and 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 I want to see how well they can coach themselves. Are they is Steve Kerr really that insignificant to that organization that hey, they can still win by 43, 44 points when the players are coaching? Then does Steve Kerr really even need to be employed there as the head coach? So, why not push them to the next level? Why not see how good this team really is? And I know they did it against the Suns and I know everybody's like, "Well, would they do it in the playoffs?" No, probably not because there's more on the line. But it, that doesn't make a difference. It's an irrelevant point here in this situation because this has nothing to do with playoff implications. All this has to do is, hey, my team is really tired of listening to me talk, and my team is really ready for this all-star break. Um, let's try to you know mix this up a little bit. So I don't know. That's my rant on all of it. And I just I got really annoyed by all the sports talk people trying to say that this is disrespectful and this has meaning because in reality it really doesn't have meaning or effect on anything in this league. They were going to win that game whether or not the players coached it. They were going to... The Suns are still terrible. <laughs> At the end of the day, the Suns are still awful. So, all right, stay tuned. You're listening to Jake from Sports Talk here on 104.5, 106.1, worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk some Olympics. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Remember to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on your computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. Lone Star Community Radio broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. I know this isn't the most romantic song out there And today is Valentine's Day So uh, happy Valentine's Day everybody out there uh, We'll get into that a little bit more here in the next segment But uh, 
You are listening to Jake from Sports Talk. I am your host, Jake LaFleur, here on Lone Star Community Radio. Glad to have you all back in. Hey, guys, if you want to get involved in the show, uh, you can always send me an email at jakefromsportstalk at gmail.com, or you can go onto the Facebook, drop me a DM there, um, at, and the Facebook page is Jake from Sports Talk. Everything that is revolved around this show, because I'm so self-centered, apparently, um, is Jake from Sports Talk. Uh, my station manager is... Uh, shaking his head and agreeing to that last statement. So, uh, like I said, before the break, we are going to talk about the Olympics. So, yes, the Winter Olympics are currently going on, and, oh, man, I'm trying to even not butcher this completely. Um, Pyong, is that, is, I think, I think that's probably not right. I don't know how to pronounce this. It, it, there's a lot of names here, and there's a lot of athletes that are really good around the world, and I, I really enjoy watching the Olympics I get this um, sort of, I don't know, I, I don't necessarily get a national pride. I'm not like, yeah, USA, USA, you know, number one, always and forever. It's more of, you know, I want the USA to do really well, but I want to see the best of the best compete against one another. And I, I think that's the exciting part of it. I mean, even something like figure skating that I, or the luge, or I, I was watching the luge and I was like, I, I, I don't even know how they're steering. Like they're they're slightly digging in their heels and altering their path that way. But, man, I saw one lady. Man, she dug her heel in too much, I guess, and she lost it. And she got airborne down the chute, and it was really scary. She was okay. She walked away. But that's what I want to see. I want to see the best of the best athletes push them, their, their bodies, their brains, everything, their emotions, all to the, to the limit. And how awesome can they be at something – that they love that they, I mean, you wouldn't be this committed to a sport if you didn't truly love it. But that brings up the question of when it comes down to, uh, the winter Olympics and specifically the winter Olympics, how do we kind of look at it from an American standpoint? Now I know you've got your, your, your typical person who's going to be, yeah, USA, USA, and they're going to enjoy the Olympics, whether it's summer or winter, no matter what, no matter what events going on, you're going to have people who are like me and just simply like to enjoy the competitive nature that the Olympics provides and the competitions and bringing out the best of the best in the best. And it's, you know, it's enjoyable from that aspect, but from but, you know, people like me, we just love sports and we love competition overall. So for the people who are like, yeah, yeah, it's the Olympics, you know, there's that people, that group of people out there, too. So I feel as though we hit a point with the Summer Olympics where, you know, we recognize that it's coming up and we're, we, we don't count down necessarily to it, but we have a countdown to it. We're not constantly watching that clock second to second to second waiting for the uh, opening ceremony. But we are noticing, oh, hey, we're two weeks away. Oh, hey, we're 10 days away. Oh, hey, you, you know, so on and so forth. And I feel like we get more of a national pride and more of a viewing audience for the Summer Olympics than we do the Winter Olympics. And this morning on uh, Mornings with Lone Star here on Lone Star Community Radio, uh, it's a show hosted by our station manager, Dick, and his co-host, Skippy, we started kind of talking about the whole Olympics and, and what's up with the, the winter aspect of it and why, you know, we just aren't as into it. And uh, Skippy mentioned that, you know, it's a lack of 
it, it's a lack of name recognition. Like there's not, we don't have the stars there anymore. And, you know, he asked me, hey, how many, you know, Olympic athletes can you name right here, right now? And I said, well, you know, there's Sean White, there's Lindsey Vaughn, there's Ono. And I didn't even know Ono. <laughs> I didn't know he retired and he's sponsoring Hershey's Golden Chocolate now. Um, <laughs> so that, and, and that proved his point accurate in that, you know, I, and I can't be alone in this unless you just truly follow the Olympics, the Winter Olympics and all the events you're not going to know many of the athletes there. And so we look at Sean White and what Sean White did yesterday. He, you know, ran his first run and it was, I think, a 94 on the dot. And, you know, everybody knows what happened in Sochi and his, you know, just terrible landing, uh, only coming in fourth and just kind of bombing. And and it was awful. After that, we kind of didn't follow Sean White and it kind of lost you know, interest. And it was, I don't want to say it was this Olympian falling from the, you know, Mount Ever or not Mount Everest, what Mount Olympian. But I, I think it was something that, you know, Hey, we did kind of lose a passion for the Sean White fan base. And, you know, I, even to the point where two months ago, prior to this Olympics, Sean White had a nasty fall in New Zealand and he was on a pipe in New Zealand and he crashed face first into the side of this into the side of the slope and he gashed his face up he had to be uh helicoptered to a hospital if you get a chance to go look at the vi- or the well you go look at the video it's a nasty hit but if you get a chance to see the pictures of his face after that fall it was killer and but but nobody really knew about this like this was and it wasn't like he was keeping it under wraps I mean he posted videos and pictures of it on uh, Facebook and Instagram and stuff, but that's how disinterested that one of the the athletes that we consider to be up there and the greatest of winter athletes, most successful winter athletes of all time, we don't even follow their lives kind of like what we did with, you know, some of our summer athletes. And, you know, you look at Lindsey Vaughn coming off of, you know, knee surgery after knee surgery and, you know, we don't know what she's going to be. And we got it. all of these alpine skiing events that are kind of just being delayed because of just terrible weather there in Pyong, Pyeongchang, I think. I'm, I'm probably butchering it. Um, and this, the weather conditions there are so bad that they're having to delay these uh, alpine skiing events. And so, you know, we don't know what this is going to do for her. We don't know if this is probably, you know, her last Olympics. And it, this is definitely Sean White's last Olympics. And, you know, Sean comes away with the gold, and it's great for him. He he gets his, you know, 97.5, I think it was, on his third run, did an awesome job. Those out there bashing him about the American flag being on the ground, if you really know the American flag rules, yes, it's not supposed to touch the ground, but you're also not supposed to wear the American flag uh, in any form or fashion, even if it's a little patch on your clothes. And so he's breaking the rules there as well. So if you're going to make a big deal about the, fr- the flag touching the ground, make a big deal about the flag on his patch and every other Olympic athlete, American Olympic athlete with that on their uh, body as well, uh, or clothing as well. So with that said, a little sidebar there. Sean White and Lindsey Vaughn are the old ones. So who are the new ones? Where do we go from here? Well, we saw these uh, just kids kind of explode onto the scene, which is something that's really exciting if you're a major follower of the Winter Olympics. Red Gerard, uh, snowboarder, downhill, killed it. Uh, won the gold, awesome runs. Uh, Jamie Anderson, gold medal, 
same thing, snowboarding down the snowboard down the hill, um, downhill, and uh, she took away gold. Awesome. Um, Chloe Kim, uh, the snowboarder out of nowhere, half pipe, has three phenomenal runs. Her last run was simply just a show off run because she had already won gold there. Great, young, seventeen year old uh, Jamie Anderson. I forget how old she is. Um, she was born in nineteen ninety, so she's so she's eighteen. Uh, Red Gerard is seventeen, and then you got, and I'm gonna butcher her name, Mariah Nagasu. Uh, first American woman to ever land a triple axle in a team event. Uh, so first time she's ever done something really good. Uh, Adam Rippon took bronze in the uh, men's uh, figure skating. So we've got all these young athletes. And, and figure skating's kind of been something that was popular for a time, and it was a huge thing. It was a huge ordeal, and I think it's still popular amongst the casual you know follower of the Olympics, but it's not what it once was here in America. But if we look at all these. So Red Gerard, Jamie Anderson, and Chloe Kim, all taking home golds in these Olympics, but all in snowboarding. So that's, that's a, you know, snowboarding's new to the Olympics. That's not a traditional event that you would normally see uh, at, or that, that you are used to seeing at the Olympics, like a figure skating. So we look over at the figure skating. Mariah Nagasu, uh, Nagasu. I think that's how you pronounce it. Man, I'm bad with those names. Uh, first woman to ever land a triple axel in a team event at the Olympics. She took silver. She didn't, she didn't even get gold. Like, she did something no American woman has ever done before, and she didn't even get gold. So that shows that she's, you know, making leaps and bounds in the sport, but she's still not there. So then we go to Adam Rippon. Took bronze. He ran a flawless run. No falls. No hiccups, no nothing. But he only took bronze behind the silver medalist who wiped out in his run, behind the gold medalist who wiped out in his run. So two guys fell and still medaled higher than him because their technical aspect of their runs were so much uh, more, they were more difficult on the difficulty scale. They were more difficult than his run. So that means he's still behind. Now, yes, we're talking about young athletes going against probably. I don't know the ages of the of the other athletes there, but probably against middle to younger 30s and, you know, around those range, middle 20s, young 30s. So they got room to grow, I understand, and, and they could be the ultimate future. But is this kind of a discouraging factor for the Americans and the Winter Olympics? Are we ultimately just going to see the decline in interest in this sporting event continue to go and go and go. I mean, I, I, me personally, I like the snowboarding and skiing stuff better. And I think, and the luge and, uh, it's called the skeleton, I think. Right. And the, uh, bobsled and all that. I, I like that stuff better than the figure skating, but the figure skating has been the rock for the winter Olympics for so long. So to see that kind of fade in interest and to kind of see the overall interest go with it for the winter Olympics, I wonder where that leaves us, as a whole in competing? I mean, should Americans just kind of give up in caring about the Winter Olympics? Or is it something that we should push for to have ultimately the dominance of, of America come back again? Because I don't know. I, I, I'm, I don't know what it's like and how you would get started, started in figure skating here in America. 
But I can go to any corner and find a gymnastics camp around Houston, in the greater Houston area. There's tons of them. So I guess what, what, how important are the Winter Olympics for us? Because me personally, I like the summer more. I think the winter has cooler events, but I think those cooler events are snowboarding, which we're doing really good at, and skiing, which we have some young talent there as well. So I don't know, food for thought. Tell me what you think on Facebook. Go to Jake from Sports Talk, comment on there. Let me know if you think uh, we should start putting more interest back, you know, kind of replicate what the Germans are doing and what the uh, the Chinese have done and the Russians. Well, not the Russians because they cheat. But uh, <laughs> so uh, you are listening to Jake from Sports Talk. I'm going to go on another little rant when we get back. Uh, I'm going to leave that rant up to surprise. So stay tuned. You are listening to Jake from Sports Talk here on 104.5, 106.1, and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Hispanic Chamber Connections with Dr. Carlos Sanchez, president of the Woodlands Conroe Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, featuring event announcements, member highlights, and more. Tuesdays at 1 p.m., broadcasting from the heart of Conroe, Texas, on IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5-106.1. Welcome back to Jake from Sports Talk. Here on Lone Star Community Radio 104.5, 106.1 Worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. I don't know how many times I have to say that every show, but I do like saying it really fast because I can get it over with. Um, that's 104.5, 106.1 Worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Go check it out. IRLoneStar.com. Go check out all the shows we offer here. Sport, uh, sports talk, movie talk, uh, live talk, politics in there a little bit. Um, we got tons of awesome music shows and everything. Uh, if you like country, if you like jazz, everything out there. Um, yeah, go check it out. Go see what we have to offer at IRLoneStar.com. Uh, if you want to follow the show, go to Facebook, YouTube, Google Play, iTunes, all that awesome stuff, and uh, search Jake from Sports Talk. Like and follow all those pages. All right, so I said I was going to get one more little rant, and uh, let me pod down this music because this is going to get serious. Like I said, today is Valentine's Day. Now, I don't have anything personal against Valentine's Day. I didn't ever get my heart broken on Valentine's Day. It's not that I didn't get hugs and kisses from my mother on Valentine's Day when I was a child. I do not like Valentine's Day, and here's the reason why. It is artificial, and it is crafted by the money-making people at Hallmark. (laughs) And it's simply what this holiday is all about. It's how much money can we get consumers to spend on gifts and items and goods for the people that they love. Now, people that they love, let's start there. People that they love should not be your child. I understand you love your child, but Valentine's Day is is an intimate love. It, it is something that brings upon a more physical side. So even your best friend, I understand I was talking to a girl and she was saying, yeah, my best friend and I get each other Valentine's Day presents every year. And I said, whoa, I mean, that 
It just seems odd to me. Like, I, I, call me a guy. I don't know. I, it may be a guy thing. I don't know. Don't get me wrong. I, I understand that being nice to one another is a good thing. But every Valentine's Day, do you have to? And here's my logical aspect and input into all of this. If I chose, I'm in a relationship, and the woman is like, yeah, Valentine's Day. Yeah, Valentine's Day. you got to get me something on Valentine's Day. I don't care if you do anything else the rest of the year. Valentine's Day has got to be special. That's fine. If that's what she wants, I, I'll be the first to tell you. I'm right there. I'll do it. Sure thing. But here's my alternative scenario for you. And women, honestly, contact me. Reach out to me through my Gmail at jakefromsportstock at gmail.com or on my Facebook at jakefromsportstock. And let me know how big of an idiot I am, if I'm right, if I'm wrong, whatever the case may be. But Valentine's Day is one day a year. So let's say I don't get you anything for Valentine's Day. No flowers, no chocolates, no romantic dinner, nothing. But 364 days a year, the rest of the 364 days, I treat you like a princess, like a queen. I take you out to dinner, randomly buy you flowers, randomly buy you chocolates, get you jewelry, the whole nine yards. Are you going to be mad that I don't get you anything on Valentine's Day? Does that make a lot of sense? What would you rather have, 364 days or one day? You see what I mean here? Like it, I, I understand the, the point behind it. It's, it's the lover's holiday. It's the romantic holiday. But why does it have to be boiled down to one day? If you truly love this person, if, you truly, or if you're married to this person, if you're engaged to this person, uh, if you've been dating a long time, if you're, if you're new to dating, it doesn't matter. If you really care about this individual in this sort of fashion to where you're going to go and buy her dinner, buy her flowers, buy her chocolates, buy her jewelry, buy her a giant teddy bear, whatever. Are you not willing to do that the rest of the year? You, you, you have to boil it down to this one day. And I'm sure there's men out there to like, Jake, shut up. We like having it on this one day because it's the only day we have to try. Well, women, demand more out of your men. Don't give them one day to perform. Give them a whole year and demand this sort of behavior that you demand on one day, on Valentine's Day, and demand it 365 days rather than one day. And that's what makes the most sense to me. Now, I'm young, I'm dumb, I've never been married, I don't have kids and anything like that. And I, 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 I say the intimacy factor of it because I had a couple friends that posted on Snapchat that their parents got them Valentine's Day presents. Now, these, these people are 24 and 25, maybe 23 years old. They're, they're young adults. And they're still getting Valentine's Day presents from their parents? Like the kid, if the kid's five or six, seven might be pushing it. And you are, oh, my little, my little baby, my little sweetheart, I'm going to get you chocolates because I love you so much. Yeah, well, the kid's going to love the chocolates, but that's about the extent of the love they're going to show you back. They're going to like, oh, thanks, Mom, love you too. But that's it. And after that point, when it, it, it's, it hits a point where it's kind of creepy and, and just wishing anybody and everybody happy Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is meant to be shared with the one you love intimately not just everybody that you know. I'll extend it and allow it or understand it because I can't control everybody, but I'll understand it if you want to do it for the, the people that are closest in your life. I, I disagree with it because I think, again, it should be intimate-based, 
not friendship based. But if you want to do that, that's fine. But it's the closest people. I don't want to have to go around wishing everybody happy Valentine's Day like I do on Christmas. It's my <laughs> dick is laughing at me right now, but it's it's a problem. It's a problem in America. And from the consumer aspect of it, the only positive out of this is it generates a lot of economic boom on one day or for one day. It's three four weeks of building up of people spending excess amount of dollars on, you know, having flowers delivered and, and having the best chocolates come from Sweden and, and giant plush teddy bears and, and whatever else that you want to get for this individual, you're spending all this money and it, that's a great thing for the economy. So I'm not going to bash it even down to the dollar, dollar 50, 250 card, you know, like that. Yeah. It, it generates money in the economy, which is a good thing, but the pure idea of it, if you took it and you didn't make it just one special day and you made it a special year and it was year in and year out. So, again, coming from a single guy who's never been married and no kids, I don't probably have the best perspective on this. But, uh, you know, I don't have to get anybody a Valentine's Day present. That's all I'm saying. So, uh, women, please, please reach out to me. Let me know how stupid and wrong I am because, uh, you know. I you know I, I just don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. But and you know Saint Valentine, he, he was a man whore. Like he had hundreds of women that he was that he was with in his lifetime. Like he was a notorious womanizer, and we celebrated. It's funny. It's funny. You listen to Jake from Sports Talk. That's all for me today, guys. Awesome show. Had tons of fun. If you liked it so much and you wanted to check out the old shows or you want to re-listen to this one because it was that good, uh, go to Jake from Sports Talk at Google Play and iTunes or YouTube, and you can check out the podcast or the video version of this. And, uh, yeah, check in next week. We'll be back every Wednesday live, 1 to 2 p.m. here on Lone Star Community Radio, 104.5, 106.1, worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. You guys have a great week. We'll see you next Wednesday. Later. Thank you for checking out this production of Lone Star Community Radio. Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's community radio station. Don't forget to check out this show and many others across the Lone Star Community Radio network, either live on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, the Lone Star Internet Radio app, or IRLoneStar.com's live audio stream, and on replay on podcast, Channel 12's Our City TV and Conroe, or Channel 21 KVQT in Houston, and of course their YouTube channel. This production is copyrighted and all rights are reserved by Lone Star Community Radio. Have a question regarding this program or other Lone Star Community Radio shows? Want to sponsor or start your own show? Call the station message line at 936-647-3776 or email the station at lscrstudios at gmail.com.